the Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Yes, I am, and we have reached the end of the another end year of 2023. Amazing, really is. And we have a bit of a tradition uh, at the end of our year. We do our game of the year. Yes, the games that we've been playing the throughout game, the whole year. Yes, the best games that we've been playing throughout the year. We don't really rank them. We don't kind of sort of come up with a single game of the year, but more of a recap of some of the, the better games that we've been playing. And, and, and some of you may have heard that Trevor and I tend to find some of the more obscure games. We kind of troll the dark web. Yes. We dredge it. As the dark steam, say. as it were. Mm, yeah, the dark version of steam. Uh, <laughs> night mode. When you turn on night mode, you get yeah. a whole different set of games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you plug it in through the Onion browser and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go over some of those today. We're sort of going to trade back and forth. Sometimes we'll have played the same game. Sometimes, uh, you know, we'll have some some different games yeah. uh, that, we've, that we've each played that we'll even introduce the other two. So it's always yeah. exciting. Well, do you want to start off? Yeah. So the first game I want to bring to the table is Save Yourself from the Fencing Deathmatch. Very nice. Yeah, this was fun. And and you and I played a bit of this one, uh, like Couch Co-op. It felt like I, I liked that it had almost a bit of a, like a Nidhogg thing going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely had Nidhogg vibes. Mm. Um, not so much the fantastical elements, but more the more the sword fighting elements. The it? sword fighting stuff, yeah. I actually liked, uh, you know, there's a bit more of the platforming aspect as well, though. So you've yeah. got more of the verticality in there. Um, but yeah, that it and that it went up to four players as well. So you've got sort of four people going around with your swords and trying to knock people yep. off of uh, ledges and and you're fencing with each other. Yeah, well, and the fences, and exactly. the fences. Sorry, yeah. the titular fences, <laughs> the titular fences, um, fencing on fences. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it was really cool using both versions of the word fence, you know. Well, and then I liked that they added in the third version where you could like find things in the level and, and then sell fence them and yeah. sell them legally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was, um, that was always a fun thing when you got into someone's space, you know, mm-hmm. you broke through their fence and then you, then you're able to, you know, if you defeated them, you could, you could steal their shit. Yeah. And then fence it at, at the end of the game. Yes. You know, yes. Whoever survived got to fence all the goods. If there was some intact, you could even fence their fence. Yeah. It was very, I mean, from a pun perspective, I enjoyed it <laughs> from a wordplay. <laughs> oh, definitely. There was a lot of wordplay there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked, uh, the, the fencing gameplay as well. Like they did bring in some of those, the, the sort of low, high, medium blocking mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And, and so it was all about, yeah, getting uh, you know, getting one over on your on your opponent and kind of you know, uh, but particularly with the platforming aspect then of being able to use the terrain a bit, use the level. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, and the focus on blocking mm. and parrying and you know repulse, parry repulse. Yes. You know, it was it was all you know almost like a dance. Which well, and is I love when you could much- get like a good like volley going on between you where, yeah, you'd parry, return it, they'd parry, like you'd get it back and forth. You could go like four, five, six times yeah. before one of you managed to, you know, take out the other one. And But all the time having to watch out that, you know, with your different blocks, you could get like the knockback from it, mm. which again was where the level came into. They could, even if you're blocking, they could kind of get you right up. Against your fence. Your, yeah. your fence or against, a you know, a... a, a, a a ledge or whatever, so that you're going to cliff, go, yeah. a cliff. You're going to you know go over if you if you don't uh, change your change your tactics, basically. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, it was a little bit interesting that, you know, the world wasn't 2D. It was more that sort mm. of 3D. Yes, you fought on a 2D plane, but yes. it was sort of like you could you could set it up on any any sort of you know rotate around, and then that's your that's your 2D plane that you're playing on. So yeah, that was really interesting that you because then you could kind of sidestep a bit, and it would shift that 2D plane yeah. around. Uh, I found that a little bit distracting at times. Uh, it felt very Mortal Kombat Four, where yes. you could tell that they really wanted to be on that on that. Singular plane, yeah. But then they just kept on going. Oh, really you really wanted to add in the three D stuff, <laughs> uh, but it meant that four player four player bases could actually be you know on the cardinal directions mm-hmm. instead of rather than sort of above each other in yeah. in a two completely two D thing. Yeah, yeah, that did help with that, and that's probably one of the reasons they you know they went for that, even though it was yeah, I found it a bit distracting, but um, no, the rest of it was great. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, I give it three stars. <laughs> <laughs> Out of three. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, I give it a thumb. Thumb up? No, just, no, a, just, th- thumb. just a thumb. It, yep. I don't like to specify which direction. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But only one thumb. Only one thumb. Cool. Uh, well, my first game mm, yes. is Zany Bow Hunter Cascade. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yes. That was, I, I didn't see a lot of this one. So, like, tell me, give me a rundown. Well, obviously, bows were were the main the mm. main thing that we actually like happens. A good bow game. But yeah, the zaniness came from your outfit. You mm. could basically customize your outfit with anything you want: crazy hats and you know, bright poker poker dot suit and okay. all this sort of stuff. Just the the more zany, the better. And then, did that have an effect um, on gameplay? Yeah, because you got perks depending on uh, okay, yeah, depending on you know how colorful, how zany it was. The more zany, the better. Um, and it was kind of almost like, um, almost kind of like a Borderlands sort of thing where right. it was, it was very much, um, all the, um, the combinations of your different yeah, stats and you, stuff. You get random ones dropping and, yeah. you know, they'd have different, different, uh, levels of. I'm curious, given that the idea is sort of zaniness, which like, did you have outfit bonuses? For the same patterns, because that yeah. would almost go against the idea of everything being wacky and zany um, that you match. So it, you but- had negatives. Oh, if you if you got, if you match if you match all the set. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it was only if it was the whole set. Yes. Because zany can still just still be you know you got a three piece suit on and then mm. you got a non matching hat. That's yeah. pretty zany. Yeah, like a duck or something. But the second that it's matching, all the negatives. Now- yeah, because now you just wear like we're, now you're just wearing a weird outfit, but it's not quite zany. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and of course, the bows were relatively customizable as well, mm. with different coloured grips and and that sort of stuff. Oh, uh, the zany- bow, sorry, the 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 weapon bows. I thought you were talking about bow ties, which that I imagine too. also. Yeah, that too. Yes. Um, you could go really zany with, but um, you get one that spins. Oh, I didn't see one, but I wouldn't be surprised. There's some like missed DLC opportunity like in that. that case. Yeah. Yeah, the the all the customizations of you know the arrow feathers and all these sort of mm-hmm. things and you know over oversized novelty arrows that right. was zany. different arrowheads um, I assume like oh yeah I think I yeah. saw one where it was like a frog on the end like mm-hmm. the arrowhead was a fr- so what like did that give you different um, effects then it, if you fired into water it would skip across like <laughs> okay. kind of kind of like you know a skipping stone or jumping across the yep. yep. lily pads and all that stuff that's cool um so it was very much a 2D platformer the the cascade is where where it got pretty sci-fi so okay. um there was basically you'd be going up against a um 
an enemy AI yep. that, you know, basically has gone into cascade failure. Mm. And, and so it's, it's basically the cameras get confused, kind of like a T-Rex where it can't see movement. Okay. The cameras can't see zaniness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, okay. So, I mean, that would make sense from an AI because they're sort of like they're trained on everything, the, the everyday, yep. like, and so something that they haven't seen before kind of doesn't compute. Yeah. So, yeah. so it means the more that you use the same thing, the more they, they start recognizing. Yeah. They start figuring the out patterns that this and is all a, that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, I like that. That sort of gives some reason, reasoning for the zaniness. There. Oh yeah. 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 It's, I mean, you could tell that they, they literally lifted it straight from Jurassic Park and put it straight into this. I mean, um, I guess that, yeah, but it, it works so well. Like just, well, yeah. Again, I think, I think that reasoning works well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you were saying that you, you watched the trailer. I didn't actually check yeah. out the trailer. Yeah. So give us a rundown of what the trailer was. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in classic kind of, you know, game trailer fashion, there was the, the sort of cold open with the, the close up of the arrow that looked like it must have been from like an animated cutscene or something like it. It had some really, pretty cool, like 2D animation stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And that sort of, um, you know, close up of the arrow as it's flying through the air. And then eventually hitting and like hits one of the robots. Um, and then it, you know, I can't remember all the actual, uh, words that came up or whatever, like the exact things, but it was, you know, essentially gave a rundown and then, um, and then moved into some gameplay. And that's where I saw like the frog arrow and some of the different, you know, the different yep. stuff and the, the three, the 2D, um, the 2D gameplay. And did, did they, uh, did they put the, like the Cupid's bow and all that sort of stuff in the, um, in the look, trailer? They, they did one of those things at the end where they like flash through all the different outfits, all the different weapons and stuff. So it might've shown up in there. Um, I don't think they featured it in the trailer. What, what's the cute, is that one in particular that you enjoyed? Um, I thought it was funny because that's the only one that you could really shoot at like, um, human enemies. Oh, right. Well, not human enemies, but other humans. Yeah. And NPCs. you can make them fall in love. Okay. Or at least, um, make them notice each other. I feel like the, and maybe they did this, but I feel like there'd be some interesting puzzles you could do with that where you're having to, where it's not just shoot an enemy and they explode or whatever, um, but having to affect the NPCs with the, yeah. the arrows and stuff too. That's that's interesting, yeah. Wonder, yeah that's pretty yeah. cool. Cool. Okay, what was your next one? Uh, my next one was Great Shadow Live. And this is like a, like a live services game. Yeah. Uh, hence the live. Uh, but it's, uh, it's like their online version of their old game, Shadow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, do you remember? Yes, yes, I remember. I feel Shadow. like we played that. Yep. Yeah. Like a while ago. Yeah, um, I think that was last year. It didn't quite make the cut for. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the new version. They've, uh, they've taken a lot of the same gameplay elements. So like mm-hmm. the, the ability to, you know, travel through the shadows, like going to your shadow form. Uh, but now it's multiplayer. So. You, which is interesting the way that they've made the shadow stuff work. So if you are in shadow form, you can see other players who are in shadow form. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the light and the dark comes into it in a lot of ways too. Um, so if you are in the light for too long in the shadow form, then your shadow form will dissipate, uh, which was, I mean, they had that, some of that sort of yeah. light, light and dark gameplay in the original single player one. Um, but it, it really does add an interesting new um, feel to it in multiplayer. Because uh, obviously things are a lot less predictable, and there's people who are being, you know, coming up with all new strategies and that sort of thing. I seem to remember uh, something about, um, you know, the transition between mm. the the light and dark that you know obviously um, 
if there was too much light, you know, it can it can fade out the shadow. So I don't quite remember yeah. how how the multiplayer. I remember how the original one handled that, but mm-hmm. in multiplayer it kind of slowed down time. Oh, in the single player it slowed down time. Yes, yes. In the multiplayer, how- yeah. So they've obviously um, they've got away from that a bit. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, because yeah, in the original, if I recall, if you're in the shadows and you are a shadow, then you had like boosts, right? Because yeah. that's sort of the natural habitat for that. Um, and, and one of that was, there was some, some time, um, affected sort of stuff. So they've, they've kept some of it. Interestingly, mm-hmm. I don't know if it works with sort of a, a bubble kind of system that like, if there are other enemies close, they, I think, yes, because what happens is if someone else triggers it, times are slow down for everyone nearby but your controls also slow down if you weren't the one that triggered it, whereas they've got, like, the full ability to still aim um, and they can move a bit faster then as well uh, while in shadow form in the shadows. So you can switch to shadow form once it's happened and get some of those boosts yourself. Uh, But, of course, you've got got limited amounts and and if if you don't have a charge ready or – and also, obviously, since your controls have slowed down, they can get a bunch of hits off on you, you know, before you manage to do that. So – um, yeah, it was actually quite interesting. The, interesting the way that they managed to keep that in there. Yeah. Uh, did they still have all the shadow realm stuff? You know, the rips in the the rips into the shadow realm so that you could trans uh, move between. Yeah, you know, yeah. Areas it's more of the world of, a lot easier. Um, for the most part, it's just like uh, parts like built into the maps. Yeah. So you can you know once you start to learn the maps, you know, oh, there's a shadow tear you know in this corner yep. that's going to take you over to the other place. That's um, what they would call the shadow. Tears. Yeah, the shadow tears. I thought they were rips for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, close enough. Rip and tear. (laughs) Rip and tear. Um, But there is one like one class that who is the um, shadow mancer who can create those tears, and so it's a bit like being able to like drop a a location, and then you can like create the tear, and like as long as it's in a shadow, it has to be in a shadow, and. you know, sort of create links between two parts of uh, two dis- yeah, it's uh, separate like, um, um, parts of the map. What was her name in Overwatch? Who could create? The- oh, yeah. Mm, like I remember her name, but yeah, it's it's similar to that. Yeah, I can I can remember exactly her ultimate. Yeah, she you know- was the one who had the turrets and stuff too. <laughs> yep. And yeah, yeah, that was good. It's been fun. too long since we played Overwatch, but uh, I don't remember. But yeah, that sort of thing where it's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna place a a location when I. Mm-hmm. You know, or you place one end and then place the other end, basically. Um, but of course, yeah, limited to the shadows, which you know, again, it just creates those interesting strategies. Because of course, uh, you can trigger the the day night cycle and mm-hmm. it shifts all the shadows in the level, and that yep. can that can actually be a good strategy if you can if you can get up to the the shadow time to do that um, to because it might destroy their their shadow tears or yep. uh, or anything. So. So did did they keep the the same boss from the from the original one? You know, Peter Pan's Shadow, which was <laughs> no, because uh, this is set afterwards. So okay, so uh, you've already defeated you've Peter defeated Pan's Peter Pan's Shadow. Um, yeah, there's not really. I mean, there's a bit of lore that comes through in the levels, mm-hmm. but there's not really sort of a boss in that sense because it's all PvP. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I had a bit of fun. I never stick yeah. with those sorts of games for that long, but. Um, you know, I got some levels in and mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, cool. Okay, my next game was Johnny Turbo's Sushi of Death. <laughs> yeah, this one, <laughs> this one was kind of ridiculous. Uh, I played it, I played this one too. 
Um, I mean, bringing back Johnny Turbo. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Turbo, he's, he's well known on the dark net for, yes. for you know, <laughs> he, he just, he can't keep a job. Like, yeah. he's been a race car driver. <laughs> he's been an assassin. Now he's a sushi restaurant owner. And but I mean, and that's just the the fun conceit that they use to to bring out these cool little games. Though I, I find them, I find them charming. I I do like the fact that they kept like because we all remember, you know, <laughs> the the pre- the previous the uh, previous Johnny Turbo game, Assassin Tome, mm-hmm. um, where you know he was sort of doing doing a little bit of a a Tomb Raidery sort of thing while assassinating people <laughs> and and doing all that sort of stuff, but. Now that he's running his own sushi restaurant, they kept some of that. Um, yeah, well, I like that they some keep some of the assassin stuff. They they going. don't just keep they don't just make them these standalone things. There is an ongoing story. Yeah, where yeah, now he's given up the assassin game, and he only started the assassin game because he crashed his fucking race car and like you know at the end of his his race car one. What was uh, that called again? Uh, Johnny Turbo's Turbo Race, I think. Like I think they oh, double right. they yeah, yeah double up the turbo. It's just, I mean, I think they're trying to make it funny, but yeah, I thought, yeah. Um, but yeah, that now he's, so he's almost in hiding now. Mm. Uh, and what do you do when you're in hiding? You start a sushi restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you start a sushi restaurant and then as, as the name implies, he does get implicated for someone's murder. Well, that's it. He, yes. Uh, which brings back some of the assassin stuff. Yes. Like it's the big boss from the assassin time. Um, yeah, it doesn't recognize you funnily because you, you do yeah. have like a, you know, fake mustache that you wear. Eat at the restaurant, ask for the blowfish. We all know that blowfish can be very poisonous mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. It's cooked the wrong way. Yeah. Um, turns out that's not what kills the big boss. Mm-hmm. What was his name again? Um, oh, something shit. racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, even if okay, it was a bit racist, so maybe we won't even yeah, let's try just to not. think of it. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, turns out that you know, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. One of his henchmen actually injected him, him with with yeah. um, poison to make the, it look like the blowfish yeah, had killed him. But it was a different type of poison, which yeah. is you know, um, I I sort of feel like the next Johnny Turbo game is actually going to be him um, doing some. Like sciencey stuff because mm. he definitely did get involved with that with um that uh, scientist Nicola um, yes yes and she you know she was helping him you know determine what poison it was well that's and all it well and I liked I mean they almost brought in some elements of that gameplay into this with the way that you cook the sushi too where it was sort of each each fish had the different effects and very um, technical. Very technical, yeah, like you had to have the specific recipes, use the right amount, and then actually, like, screw the action. Like, they tried to replicate that whole, you need to cut the blowfish perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all the fish, like, obviously, it wasn't that it would kill someone if you did it wrong with the other ones. It would just make the you make as much less money. effective <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, but I liked the way that they brought in the effects of the fish so that you could then, like, get info out of people who came to visit the restaurant uh, who were, you know, associates of- the racist boss name and yeah. I mean, sort of start uncovering the mystery. It had very sort of Red Strings Club. Yes. Yeah. Um, vibes to it. Yes. Uh, which I thought was really cool, really cool. But then, you know, uh, being able to uh, make the sushi, you had like the headband on. Yeah. You know, sweat would be sort of pouring down his face if 
you know, you were taking too long and yes, yeah. You know, if you keep them calm, it was it, like in comparison to one of the uh, light web games that came out this year, Dave the Diver, which had some fun yep. sushi making stuff in it. Um, I liked that this was a bit more of the it was in the three D style, like sort of the uh, it was almost retro three D ish in a way. Um, yeah. not Fair. not super high detailed and high poly, but. Artistically, well, really well done. Yeah. Um, felt kind of, you know, sort of late PlayStation 2-ish. Yeah. Yes. Know. Yeah. Not like um, the super blocky PS1 stuff, but- No. Had a, and had a bit more character than that. And look, and utilised newer shaders and, so, and different things to add atmosphere and to add, like, better surfaces and that sort of thing. But, yeah, definitely from the, the models and the textures and stuff, it felt, uh, yeah, that sort of PS2 retro. Um, what I really liked is, like, the- um, they they had like a dithering sort of mm. um, shader for for the volumetric fog and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So um, it really felt like almost an EGA style game, even though you're watching it in 3D and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Just yeah, it that, added a it added a nice little touch to it for sure. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Love that one. We haven't you didn't rate the last couple, but uh, they're all threes. They're all threes <laughs> out of three. <laughs> yeah, out of three. Yeah, they're all threes, but it's at a different number. <laughs> We're not telling you what they're out of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, is my turn? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right. Um, I wanted to talk about Planet of the Yeti family. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> this was like a great single-player, like, adventure game. Or, like, I mean, I say adventure game. It was like mm. a 3D third-person thing, like a uh, – and, yeah, this, the, they created such a cool world. Mm. Um. This like snow covered world, at least where you start is is completely snow covered. Yeah. And <laughs> and yeah, you meet these characters as you Yeah, you know, it was funny because they gave it a very classic like Final Fantasy ish, you wake up in your bed. Um, but obviously it's very different than what you're used to because it's this Yeti world. Yeah. Essentially. Um and not and, just Yeti. And they're all related. Yeah, like Yeah, well that's it. You're you're in this city and everyone you run into, you know, you greet them. Uh, through the dialogue with, yeah. hey, it's it's great-great-uncle, you know, Var- Varkas or like, whatever. I really don't get how anyone's actually married because, like, they're all related in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't really go deep on that, but you do have to wonder where like, they- Are the reason why they're yetis is because it's so incestuous that, like, the, the genetic- <laughs> They actually started as humans. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just devolved so much. <laughs> yeah. But I, I liked then that, you know, you start, uh, you then start getting introduced to the non, like, you, you want to go and explore. You want to leave this place and you, you find the, the non-snowy regions mm-hmm. and you start meeting, like, who are still sort of family in a sense because it's the Bigfoots, the sort of non-snow, non-cold version of your own species. Um, and so you're kind of cousins in a way then, uh, yeah. but you know, they're a bit more hostile to you. They haven't seen your, your kind before. And so, no, no. and I did, I did enjoy like, um, the, the trek into the cave systems and, and going mm, yeah. deeper and, and meeting some of the other, um, the other sort of cryptid. Yes. Um, well, that's it. I liked when they started bringing that in as you explore further and further, uh, you know, you meet the moth men yeah. uh, species and there are moth women. Yes. Of course. <laughs> as well, of course. Uh, <laughs> where, where do the moth babies come from? You yeah, know? <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, you know, you get a glimpse of like 
the the sea creature that like the I can't remember if they had a name, but like that Nessie is from. Mm-hmm. Um, that was more of just a side kind of. I think there's a side quest that that takes you to them, but it's not like a main part of the story. Um, but yeah, I liked all these little touches. To this is just essentially a world of cryptids. Yeah. Um, and that that you're discovering. And yeah, it wasn't so much planet; it was more country. Because yeah, I mean, it was it was in that sense. It's not like you circumnavigate the globe or anything like that. But although you could definitely see that, you know, I mean, Planet of the Apes and all that sort of stuff yeah. was literally just like a, a small section of the planet. Exactly, you know, it was, exactly. It's the same thing. Same you know, sort of just, same sort of thing. Um, I can definitely see, and they they did say towards at the end of the game that there would be another. Yeah, so um, they could expand that. To, to the other continents and such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like, um, I like the combat. I like the way that they, because you, when you start, you're just throwing snowballs and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that as you, like- As you come down from the mountain yeah. and all that sort of stuff and end into the wilderness, you don't have snow anymore. No, like but, you- but you, it's more, uh, it more transfers into sort of just improvised weapons and stuff. So you like yeah. pick up rocks, pick up branches and stuff, and it's very strength-based combat, mm. which was cool. Um, you know, you had to really time your shots to make sure, you know, you, you're going to get the full follow through in before getting hit, um, so that you can get the full force of your attack. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, um, who the love interest was, mm. like in all those cutscenes, you know, the reason why you're actually going on this, on this journey is to, is to find her parents because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, well, her name was Jessica. Yeah, which that's is right. yeah. Um, but that felt weird. Like, yeah, there was they did that kind of sci-fi <laughs> fantasy thing of J E S S Y K A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Uh, at least in the subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked. I liked that they had. <laughs> I liked that they had. You could choose between uh, the different like dialects. English speaking. Yeah. Um, or you could have it subbed with, uh, essentially you had dubs yeah, or subs. Dubs and subs, um, yeah. But subbed, it was a made up, like, grunt language of the Yetis. But then you could also choose for your, for the, for the characters, you know, for your the, own, the, di- yes. the dialect yes. of the grunts. Yes. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like the sound editors and sound uh, leads just had a lot of fun with, with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was Oh, great. I think we've got time for one more. Yeah, yeah. Give me your last one, Trevor. Irresistible Hammer Brawl. <laughs> yeah, that one was fun. That one yeah. was fun. Um, catch go off again. Um, up to eight players, mm. which I found quite interesting because, you know, I was thinking, how how's this actually going to work? Um, we got the kids involved and, yes. you know, just to see what would happen. And you could actually play on smart devices. So Yeah, that was um, a really cool addition actually the um, fairly s- simple enough controls that yeah yeah like you you had like the virtual the virtual um thumbstick and like a, a jump and a and a hammer a, and a hammer yeah um surprisingly had a lot of depth like to the combat yeah for a two button game yeah absolutely um the the different directions you know obviously had various effects to your to your attack mm-hmm. and then whether you're in the air or not um and then you could go into both like a sprint, which then also affected things. And if you are in the air, you had like a, a, a drop, like a slam, mm-hmm. um, which again would have various effects if you were hitting the button or not. And, and yeah. you know, um, 
I did like the fact that it was kind of like a gang beasts esque, you know, yeah, 3D environment to walk around. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Um, you could turn off the blood effects, which we, which we did like because, you know, we didn't want our kids. You know, yeah. It can be pretty gory. They still left it like <laughs> you could still take off limbs and you could still flatten heads. Yes. Um, of course. Uh, cause that's sort of a vital part of the gameplay, I guess. But yeah, it did make it a lot less gory. It, I noticed it also turned off the brains. Yes. Uh, I'm glad. Even for though that. it just said blood effects, <laughs> which is good. Um, I did like all the different hammers. Like yeah. the fact that, yes, you had like, you know, your simple claw hammer, then you had like your mallets and then your sledgehammers and then. Yeah. Well, and then the wacky ones like the clown hammers and yeah. they had, um, well, inflatables and. Yeah. I think they even had, like, that I don't fun. know if it was an official tie in, but they had one that looked very much like Ramona Flowers hammer from Scott Pilgrim. Mm. With the big star on the side and stuff, and just like a really long. I, I think that's just more the 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 typical hammer that you go to when you think uh, sort of one anime. of those strength. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Strength sort of uh, strength testers. Yes. Uh, the fact that they did actually include strength testers in mm. you know kind of like the original Mortal Kombat where you had to like break the blocks and do all yeah, that sort I like they did it with the mini game. I like that they had them in the the arenas as well, though yep. for power ups and stuff that if you could. Break, if you could right. hit the bell yep. and time it right, then you got like a, a rarer power up. That was that was a cool little thing to. It wasn't just you know pick up a power up and you got it. You had to yeah you had to get your timing right. You had to make sure no one else was around. You was going to mess up your your hit. Yeah, yeah. Loved, um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and I do like the fact that the the speed of the hammers changed depending on how strong it was. So a sledgehammer mm. is going to do obviously a lot more damage and is a lot slower because it's a lot heavier. So you really get that weight. Um, whereas a balloon hammer has very, very little, little weight, very little weight. So it moves. Yeah. You can do fast. a bunch of like, attacks with that. It does a lot less damage, but wow. Like you can, you can wail into them and, and really I used it more as a, as a crowd control sort of. Well, and it was good as well because knockback has such an effect in these, in this game. Uh, but again, based on the, the weight of the hammer. So, you know, some hammers would. Uh, do a lot of knockback and not necessarily a ton of damage. You could kind of use that strategically. Yeah. But I liked that the balloon hammer was, was fast with not much knockback. So you could get a, you could get a ton of hits in quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that adds to like the stun and that sort of thing. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was really cool. Um, I, I think they, they are still doing some more work on the levels because mm. I thought that the fact that there were only five levels. Yeah. Well, it's still know, in early was- access. So yeah. They've said, I think they have said they're going to do more arenas. Um, but I mean, really, for what it was, like, they were, they were so fun to replay anyway. Yeah. I, you know, it, it'll be a bonus to have more, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yeah. That was great. Uh, as usual, if you want to try out any of these games, I mean, I'm not going to go through all the process of how to get onto the dark web, but if you're on there already, search them out. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to, on the light web, uh, find all of our previous episodes. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm uh, where you can find them all. And if you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song is called Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again. My Curtis, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. And I'm Hammered. 